At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome into this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. Well, we certainly picked a heck of a time to start our midweek podcast. It was certainly a busy news day on Wednesday. Rex will start, of course, with the deal that was announced on Wednesday morning with the PGA Tour finalizing an agreement with the strategic sports group that would infuse up to $3 billion into the tour's new for-profit entity named PJ Tour Enterprises. This, of course, is a separate deal from the ongoing negotiations with the Saudi Public Investment Fund. That outcome is still very much TBD. But Rex, you've followed this uh, as close as anyone over the past six months or so. Now that we actually have some finality after so many months of rumors and speculation, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I'll go back to yesterday when I asked Rory kind of, we knew the policy board was meeting again last night here in Monterey and his, just his thoughts on what he thought was going to come from that. And there was a level of aggravation and expectations his, and his line went straight to this should have been done weeks ago. Like there's no reason why they have not come to some sort of agreement with SSG and the PGA tour is what we're talking about. Keep in mind that the tour narrowed the list to just SSG more than two months ago, way back in November. And so these have been conversations that have been going on. I can tell you after talking with some folks on the policy board, some player directors that last night's meeting that ultimately passed this uh, unanimously to, to sign off on this deal. That was about 90 minutes. And if that sounds long the night before Monday night, uh, that was four and a half hours. So you get an idea of how for something that was supposed to be by all accounts at the finish line. And and this was the easy part of the equation, I guess, in my mind, if we're going to break it down, like we can all agree that whatever is going to happen with PIF, that is going to be by far the more difficult climb for everybody involved, just not the PGA tour. And so the idea that this took that long, I think it's an indication of how complicated these things are, how nuanced they are. You mentioned $3 billion. The original investment is $1.5 billion. And we can break down exactly where that money is going to go and, and why this is important. I, I guess I took away the idea that there was a, a conference call this morning with all the players from the PGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, PGA Tour champions, and the commissioner essentially announcing this to the players before they made it public, which is about 10.30 East Coast time, 10.30 a.m. East Coast time. And I can tell you, while that meeting was going on, my phone was blowing up. I'm not sure. Is that the way the kids say it now? Blowing up. My phone was still blowing up with the idea of what does this mean? What is this all about? And the players are asking me, and I think that's probably a, a pretty bad sign. So you, I think you get an idea of exactly how – 
how much work the tour has ahead of themselves to convince the players, all of the players on all of the different tours, why this move was important. I can see why they were excited. This provides a level of stability going forward that I think we can all wrap our minds around how a $1.5 billion infusion into professional golf, at least the PGA Tour at this point, is a good thing. I would also counter and say it's also a good thing going forward for the PIF and whatever happens with those negotiations, because now you have a starting point. Whereas I think probably the talks up until now have been kind of circular. You didn't really know the starting point. Now you can start with the idea of $1.5 billion is an 11% equity share in whatever PGA Tour Enterprises is going to be. Let's start the conversations from there. Yeah, You could hear the excitement in PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan's uh, voice. You could hear it with Tiger Woods and Peter Malnati, uh, who are player directors on the PGA Tour Policy Board. You could hear it Wait, all day long. Wait, you could hear long. that? You heard that? Wait, wait you, you heard that? Hashtag... Uh, sources, sources uh, and then and then uh, Rex, as you were part of the coverage, uh, I believe four hours long on Golf Channel with Todd Lewis, and the number of players who either brought on set or in taped interviews with Todd Lewis, like there was clearly excitement. This was clearly a much needed W for the PGA Tour. I think for a couple of of aspects, it, the the big one that is historic, it's certainly unprecedented in sports is is players now being equity holders basically owning a piece of pga tour enterprises we'll let you get down uh, to the nitty-gritty of what that's actually going to look like but that's huge for the players certainly helping make them whole uh, in, in the players who decided uh, to stay loyal to the pga tour and not defect for the guaranteed money of live golf that's that's one aspect i think when you're looking you know optically at the entire situation this infusion of uh, investor money is shoring up the PJ Tours financial situation. You know, it's it's essentially signaling to the Saudis, to the PIF, hey, we have other uh, well-pocketed folks who are interested in investing in pro golf at the PGA Tour level. We don't necessarily need you. Would they like them? Certainly for a unification standpoint, you would like to have that investment of Saudi money. But now with this infusion of cash, it's it's essentially saying this is this is our leverage play. We we've got we've got three billion dollars. We got one point five billion uh, with this initial investment, and and we can either fully fund the you know the PGA Tour for the next five years. Uh, we can satisfy the players with this war chest. Like we're good to go. That's that's big picture. What this deal uh, is is signaling on Wednesday. I think you're right. I don't know. I wouldn't use it as a leverage play because I think the PGA. It's Tour definitely would... a leverage play. No, no, no. I wouldn't. Ag I, I don't agree with that. And here's why. Because the PGA Tour has been really clear for one major reason that they need to do this deal with PIF and someone else. Private equity was always going to be a, a separate part of the equation, but an important part of the equation. And the reason behind it is, and again, this is why today's announcement is kind of such a big deal, at least in the nuts and bolts of the negotiations. Because now the Department of Justice and the senators who doubled down yesterday and decided that they're going to continue their investigation into whatever this deal is going to be, they can point to SSG and say these are an American investors behind an American enterprise. And that makes it easier down the road if and when there is ever a deal with PIF for them to be able to say, okay, we gave or we allowed SSG to have an 11% equity share in the PGA Tour. 
is an 11% equity share okay on PIF? And and look, let's don't dance around it. The DOJ is going to have to sign off on this, whether the tour likes it or not, whether the public likes it or not. This is not something that the tour can just snap their fingers and allow to happen. There's a lot of things going on. This allows that to happen. I, I, I actually spoke with some folks, which is weird, in my reporting today down at the live event in Mexico, and they're doing victory laps down there. They're not under the impression this is some sort of leverage play. That yes, the tour has sent the message that there are others who want to be involved in golf. There that's are what I'm saying. It's 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 that's a, it's fine. an ongoing negotiation. Yeah, that's that's part that's part of a leverage play. Just like just like the PIF used the leverage play of of getting the reigning Masters champion for I three hundred. Getting John Rom was a was a serious leverage play. This I think was always in the cards because it has to be. I think even PIF understands that we probably weren't going to get this deal done without some other private equity involved it simply wasn't the government wasn't going to allow it to happen so now you have that piece in place you have a starting point as i pointed out 11 percent. are we going to be okay with that is it going to be closer to five percent and when i say are they going to be okay with it i'm just not even talking about the doj at this point point. what is the pif and its governor going to be comfortable with my guess is they probably want more than 11 percent, but they're probably going to have to settle for that. What is the PGA tour, specifically the players going to be comfortable with? So now at least you can have a conversation going forward that everyone involved, and I'm including the DOJ in that is part of the conversation because you need up front to make sure that everybody is on the same page. Otherwise this isn't going to happen. I thought it was very interesting too, on the conference call, uh, Jay Monahan told the membership that when he was in Saudi Arabia earlier this month, meeting with representatives from the PIF, representatives from SSG were also there. So you can see how this could potentially be yeah, a collaborative delicate. process uh, moving forward. I had a couple of text messages, Rex. Like when you're looking at this big picture, I, I had a couple of text messages from, from I would call them casual golf fans, who, who basically said, what's what's the big deal? Why, why should I care about this? Um, I didn't have a great answer at the time because on, on the surface – it just looks. This is this is a way to to pump PJ Tour players uh, full of even more money, and you can go through the the tiered system and how it's going to work for the top thirty six players. They're going to get the lion's share, seven hundred fifty million dollars in equity. It's still to be determined Glad when you, you actually. Thank you for that. Yeah, you could actually, you know, cash out on these equity shares. It's not like it's live golf where you're getting a, a check uh, and all of a sudden you're one hundred fifty million dollars richer. So it, it, on the surface, it just seems. Like this deal is for that. My answer eventually, when I when I when I came back around about an hour or two later, I said, "Look, for the for the first time, the PJ Tour now has really savvy businessmen who have dozens of years of experience maximizing profitability in their respective fields. They have they have figured out a way, whether it's with the Red Sox, the Falcons." The Brewers, uh, Liverpool, like Wait, to create the Mets, a, a, now the Mets are in there as well. Mets, as are the Falcons, so we can have a different conversation. Go on, I'm kidding. Okay, but but to, they they have done a great job and, and made a lot of money creating a better fan experience and a lot of money for those respective franchises. And so I told them, I said, this is not a donation. These are not just really rich people who 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 love golf and they they want to stave off this this Saudi threat, like. They're in the business to try and make money. You don't get that by catering to the players and making sure they're really happy and making sure um, that that there's that there's so much richer and lining their pockets. You do that by 
attracting fans. And so I'm most curious to see how Rex, they actually are planning to do that over the foreseeable future. Uh, I, I think your your initial answer was correct because I had similar conversations with actual tour players about how does this affect me today? And it, it really doesn't, to be honest with you. As a matter of fact, even if you're in that group of 36 or 72 or whoever is getting these equity shares, you're probably not going to see anything for a long time. Like there's not going to be any tangible benefit for you as an investor, as someone who owns a share of this company. You have to be vested. There's a lot of things that are going to go into this. I, I think what it does in this is probably where your average fan comes into play. Even your average tour player comes into play. It opens the door to whatever comes next. This was an important step to open that door to whatever comes next. And, and Todd Lewis and I kind of batted this back and forth on the four hour live from today, by the way, a four hour live from I'm no expert at TV. It was a lot of TV for something that we don't have a lot of answers about, but the one that sort of came to mind and, and I can do like the best comp here in my mind is how do you're right. These are, I use the oceans 11 line as far as SSG. These are serious guys. that should be taken seriously because you're right. Great line. Great They're, line. They got, they got a huge chuckle out of Tilu too. Oh yeah. He, he liked that one. Uh, oceans 11, a uh, very, very underrated movie. Oceans 12 is awful. Uh, oceans 13. They got back on track. Anyway, I, I just think the best comp for this is what the NBA did this year. Cause T Lou's immediate reaction is these guys don't want to lose money. Like they want this to be a successful venture. We can all agree with that. They're not in this for charity. And his question to me and a legitimate question, how do they turn this into more money? Like the tour has been successful, but how do you turn it into something that is $1.5 billion investment successful? And I go, I, I think the way they're looking at this and look, there's still a lot of moving parts, but what the NBA did, this year with the with the in season tournament, I think is what they called it. They didn't add more games; they just created something within their nor already existing structure that now the NBA is going to take to whoever Turner, one of the networks, and then one of the networks are probably going to buy it because it was somewhat successful with the Lakers winning and everything else. Now transition that to golf and look, Rory has talked enough about this so that we can all agree that this is probably on on the on the big blackboard as far as where we want to end up. And it's some sort of global tour. And much like what the NBA did, you would probably take a lot of just existing events, whether that's existing events on the PGA tour, on the DP world tour, assuming Piff and Liv are involved, you would take a handful of their events. However, that works in and you create another product, which then you take to the TV networks. Then you take to corporate sponsors and you sell that because based on the tours model right now, no, I don't think you can come up with a $12 billion valuation. And that's what this is, by the way. And keep in mind, when we started these conversations two months ago, when you and I first sort of ventured into these very, very deep waters that neither one of us are qualified to talk about, it was closer to $8 billion. And now at the end of the road, you have a $10 billion evaluation, which is a lot of money when you consider the Dallas Cowboys aren't even valued at $10 billion. And so you they're going to have to come up with another way to make is not just a successful enterprise because I think they it, the tour is successful. I never want to sit here and pretend like it's not. It's a successful business model, but it needs to go to the next level. And the only way to do that is to create more value. I mean, well, that's that's true in, in one respect. I mean, you could create a unified world tour. You could uh, it, you know take over the European Ryder Cup team by the PJ championship, whatever the case may be. I do think there is potential Rex with, with the TGL league or some sort of, 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 of merging with, with live golf, although they have not been overly successful in selling the franchise model over on live golf, at least as we enter season three, 
Uh, I do think there is potential there with the right players and with the right investors uh, that that could actually be very profitable, uh, particularly if it's uh, kind of engaged with the rest of the PJ Tour schedule. The other way, though, Rex, to make money, and this could be something that U.S. investors are looking at because if they're putting up $1.5 billion, let's say they want to get they want to get $1 billion uh, a profit, you have to run your organization leaner and more efficiency and more efficiently. That could that could include selling off assets. That could be cutting off uh, unprofitable parts of the business once they do that sort of evaluation as well. And so there's there's certainly options. And, and I do think the PJ Tour uh, as an organization will look drastically different. I would expect a much uh, a, kind of a, a, a lean, mean machine over the next five years and maybe not the, the bloated boat that it has become. No, I would 100% agree with that. And the I have been talking with people who are much smarter and know much more about this. And you're right. That's probably going to be the first thing we can expect SSG to take a really, really hard look at is, are there any duplications? Are there any jobs that we can do without? Are there any things we can double up? You talk about assets that aren't profitable. And I've asked this numerous times and never got an official answer. When you go back to the framework agreement in June, the idea was you put all of the for-profit assets of the PGA Tour, DP World, and Live Golf into the same bucket. My question all along has been exactly what are the for-profit assets of the PGA Tour? Because it gets a little fuzzy when you start talking about this week being a, a primary example. Pebble Beach, this event, a very successful event on the PGA Tour schedule, is not owned by the PGA Tour. There's an organization here in Monterey, and it's a charity, and they run the event and, and funnel any profits to the local charities. Like It's not something that... Again, you're not selling the Dallas Cowboys here. Or even it, it, This isn't a comparison model that you can do. You're right. When you start looking at the for-profit assets, that's the TPC network. And how many of those golf courses would they want to maybe sell off? Or how many of those golf courses do they think they can whittle down and, and get a little bit more profit? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I think that's a very, very fair uh, statement. Rex, obviously the big remaining question is, is what happens with the PIF and what happens with Liv? It, it does seem now, I think there was, uh, maybe when we did our our end of 2023 podcast, we were at least hopeful that, hey, maybe by the start of 2025, we're unified, everything's back together, all the best players in the world are playing in the exact same place uh, in, in these kind of past few years of 
of of tumultuous times are over. It does seem like now with the the regulatory uh, procedures that are, that are going to have to be in place that we're probably looking at 2026 at this point before things are settled. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, and again, I don't think anything is right around the corner. Even yeah. talking with players, again, I talked to a player director off the policy board, like, again, this is, and I think we've mentioned this, there, there wasn't never going to be a day when the PGA Tour just announced, all right, everyone is on the same page. We're, we're all under PGA Tour Enterprises, and this is what the product's going to look like going forward. There are just way too many moving parts for that to happen. Like, we are months, if not years away from that happening. However, as I mentioned, it is a really, really good first step. And, and I also think it's important there is a universe where the deal with PIF doesn't get done. And I can tell you that I'm hearing just as many rumors and speculation that if that happens, that the PIF would probably just double down and, and try to go back in business with the DP World Tour. So you wouldn't want that. The tour certainly wouldn't want that to happen as well. So it goes back to the idea that you threw out that this was some sort of leverage play. I still think the danger here, when again, this was a $12 billion valuation. That valuation is based on the idea that PIF is going to be involved with whatever this entity is going to be going forward. If not, I think it would be a drastically reduced valuation. And the reason why I ask is because Roy McIlroy had a, uh, I thought, a fascinating press conference on Tuesday where, you know, he's, he's clearly changing his tune on some of these subjects uh, to, to save face. Maybe he's just uh, had more information. Maybe he just uh, kind of sees the writing on the wall. But he, he essentially capitulated on not having punishment for live defectors. Essentially, he said it's it's really hard to punish people. There'd be some sort of sliding scale and that sort of gets messy. But we've had such division, such rancor on the PG Tour and live and elsewhere over the past couple of years, the quicker we can reincorporate the Brooks and the Brysons and the DJs and the Phils of the world back into the PGA Tour, the better the product will be. Something tells me, though, Rex, that is not a consensus among the PGA Tour membership. In fact, Jordan Spieth just gave a press conference before he had to evacuate the media center uh, over at Pebble Beach, which we'll get to in a second, where he said, I'm I'm hearing on some sides where, where Rory says no punishment, and I'm hearing on the other side that says basically give these guys – the death penalty. This seems like a, a, a very difficult road to navigate. I understand certainly what Rory is saying. I, I understand it completely that for the good of the game, for the strength of the PJ tour, if now you are trying to appease these investors and make the, the best product possible for the fans. Yeah. You need all those guys on the PJ tour as quick as possible, actually doing so and not completely alienating half of the membership, I, I think is a very difficult task. It, it's amazing. And again, I got a lot of feedback. I'm sure you got a lot of feedback from players from this morning's announcement. There was tenfold the amount of feedback from Roy's comments yesterday about there being no punishment. And make no mistake, that is a 180 for him. He has completely changed his tune. He was the guy who was the most outspoken critic of anyone who left to go to Lip Golf and did not leave much room for ambiguity on that front, came back around. Total speculation on this part, but I think it's pr pretty well founded. The idea here is I think Rory, like a lot of people who have been in on these conversations and he has been in on these conversations, understands, understands what's at stake. And yes, it is a natural human desire to have a pound of flesh. 
and the idea that somehow they would just be welcomed back without any repercussions whatsoever rubs a lot of people the wrong way because what's going to happen the next time there's an irrational threat and someone walks away like how are they supposed to take any of the regulations or the rules or the threats seriously from rory's perspective to your point i think he recognizes that the game doesn't work if it's not unified like if we end up back at square one a year from now and somehow the PIF and, and the PGA Tour deal falls apart and, and we're still separate and competing products, that's not good for the game. It's not good for the fans. It's not good for the TV networks. It's not good for the players. And you're only going to see more and more issues like this crop up. The problem is, and this is the fine line, I think that's probably going to be the hardest part of those negotiations between the Tour and PIF, is finding a way to send a message and say, yes, we punish them, whatever that punishment might be, suspension, fines, whatever it might be, and having the players who join live that you want back. Like I asked Brooks Kepka uh, last fall at Doral, point blank. Do you want to go back to the PGA Tour? And he kind of shrugged, and it was, yeah, I'd like to play Scottsdale. Like it, it, He didn't sound like he was all that interested in playing. Yeah, what's up, bro? Uh, it didn't sound like he was all that interested in playing 15 events again. And then I hit him with, well, would you do it if you know you had to pay a fine or serve a year suspension? And that was a non-starter with him, as it is with most players on live. So if you can't find some sort of middle ground, this is going to be a tough negotiating hurdle. That's why it's it's just untenable to me that you would you would send some of these PJ Tour superstars. And that and that's what they were. By any metric, these were superstars on the PJ Tour. By the PJ Tour's own metric, the player impact program, whether it's Brooks, DJ, Bryce, and Phil, whatever the case may be, Bubba, like these were needle movers on the PG tour and to make them go play on the corn Ferry tour or have to go through some sort of Q school or serving a suspension. If the PG tour is now in the money-making business, uh, even more so to appease these U S investors, like I, I just don't see a scenario uh, in which they are not uh, welcome back. Uh, it, maybe there's some sort of financial penalty, but, but playing wise or starving them of the PG tour spotlight just honestly does not make a whole lot of sense. And I've, and I've heard a, a couple of different options. Like one of them is, yes, Brooks, you're, you can come back. You don't have to pay a penalty. There is no fine. You have to add five events that you've never played before. That one to me, I was kind of like, mm, okay, like he's probably not going to like it. But if the PJ tour schedule is getting pared down into this unified world tour, what, what does that, what does that matter? I mean, we, I don't know what's going to happen with the PGA tour schedule. Yeah. That was just one of the things that, that yeah. got thrown out there. So it, it gives you an idea of what Jay Monahan and the rest of the negotiators are dealing with in this. Like it, again, I have made this analogy before negotiating a billion dollar deal is really, really difficult. I've spoken with enough people now who've done it. Well, that will tell you that, man, there's, there's so many devils in the details and you have to just go over everything with a fine tooth comb. Cause you don't want any little thing to come back and bite you. Cause that could be worth millions of dollars. Now you complicate that with the idea that somehow Jay Monahan has to balance this notion of letting those players come back and not upsetting the members. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. 
Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More than they're already upset about what's going on. It's a very, very difficult line. Mentioned at the start of this podcast, it is a busy week, not just with the SSG deal that was announced, but Live Golf is beginning uh, another full season. Coincidentally, the same week as PG Tour's signature event at Pebble Beach, where you are. Let's touch real quick, uh, Rex, on Live, because after after uh, some communication errors, uh, after some lengthy delays, we, we the, the Live rosters are, are actually finalized. We have Terrell Hatton, Adrian Moran, Caleb Surratt, and Lucas Herbert, who have been added to the roster uh, for 2024. Uh, real quick, with the addition of John Rahm last year, in these four players, uh, in particular, Hatton and Moronk, who are top 40 players, uh, Ryder Cup, either players or hopefuls, and Caleb Surratt, uh, a top 10 amateur in the world. Is the league finally positioned now to make some head road, uh, to make some inroads and, and, and have a broader fan appeal? I don't know that the product is that much different. Look, I, John Rahm is going to improve the product. I think Surratt is certainly going to improve the product. Hatton, Adrian Moronk, like uh, all of those things improve it incrementally, but is John Rahm really that big of a push to essentially get them over the hill that was sort of those ratings disappointments? Like they see, they stopped putting out ratings, so we don't exactly know what the ratings were last year, but we know that they weren't great. Is is John Rahm, who is a superstar, you're right, and is going to be missed by the PGA Tour, but is he in and of himself enough to push that over the top? I don't think so, because it still goes back to what we've said before. If you go product versus product, I still would argue with all my heart and soul that the PGA Tour product is just better. Now, I'm of a certain age and 72 holes of stroke play and whatever the case may be. Maybe there is some sort of niche for this new golf, 54 holes, team concept, whatever the case may be. We didn't see that last year, and I don't know that somehow John Rahm is the magic formula, the magic sauce to get them over that hump. I think anecdotally, I will watch more live golf in 2024 but that's basically just because i like to watch john rom play golf i think he's a generational player i think he could go down as one of the best european players ever if not the best and so i probably will tune in a little bit more i i still believe that there are fatal flaws with the live golf format they need to decide whether you want to kind of appease the official world golf ranking and make changes that way or go headlong in the team format which is what i wish they would do kind of lean into the rivalries, lean into the match play as opposed to stroke play. Uh, but that does not appear to be the case in 2024. Rex, on the PJ Tour, Pebble Beach, one of the most iconic venues that you could possibly imagine. Uh, finally, after having just 21 of the top 100 players in the world teed up last year at Pebble Beach, you have basically a who's who on the PJ tour playing this week. Now you are, you are recording this podcast at two 39 uh, PM local time in California, not because you're playing hooky, not because 
Uh, these are bankers hours, but you had to evacuate in my hotel, the media center. What is actually going on at Pebble Beach and will it carry over into the tournament? It was a hundred percent chance of rain today, which I think if you say that in Monterey is that like it's a hundred percent chance of rain although it just started sprinkling when we left they were closing down the media center at two o'clock local time because winds were supposed to get to around 40 miles an hour that doesn't sound good and the rest of the week is pretty wet pretty cold pretty windy not great experiences what the big concern here is sunday i think there's like an 80 percent chance of rain as another cold front comes through with wind gusts that one of the tours officials told me could reach 60 miles an hour that's 60 miles an hour and i go well at what point do you have to stop play and he sort of gives me a look like he goes, anything with a four in front of it doesn't work. So, yes, if it has a six in front of it, it definitely doesn't work. So I think we're going to be hard-pressed to finish up at least 72 holes by, by Sunday afternoon. We'll see. Weird weather. Things happen here. I, I will say, to go back to your point, and we did a roundtable on Golf Today yesterday morning sort of addressing this. It is an interesting concept for this particular event to be the quote-unquote first full-field signature event, whatever that means. Because historically, the golf course and the celebrities have been the – stars here yes the golf is fine and you get get around to sunday and you're we're talking about a champion and, and someone's playing well and someone's not playing well whatever the case may be but pebble beach has always been about the golf course and about the celebrities now you've cut the field in half you've gotten rid of in my opinion the best course that was in the rotation rotation with monterey peninsula and you've essentially gotten rid of the celebrities that being said this is a this is a this is an aside you, you'll find this funny Larry Fitzgerald gave me a hug today, and that's a very, very humble brag. I, I know. I've met him a couple times. Very nice guy. He is playing. He gave me big, a hug today. Big, big fan, big fan of the pod. I, I guess he's a big fan of the pod, big fan of Golf Channel, whatever the case may be. I can tell you now, and I'm completely secure in who I am as a person. That was the most comforting, warm embrace that I've ever had in my entire life. And he smelled like fresh cookies and puppies. Like the man is just glorious. Uh, that's the weirdest thing uh, that's ever been uttered on this podcast, and that's saying something. I'm and I'm a I'm a huge Larry Fitzgerald fan. Very Loved man. him as a player. It's hard to imagine a man of that size is so athletically gifted, so fast, so oh. shifty, has such good hands. He's so strong, like just an absolutely great uh, football player. I'm glad that he uh, made the cut. No pun intended to be in this amateur field. I'm also a big fan of Josh Allen. Uh, uh, he was there as well. Uh, um, the Buffalo Bills partnering with uh, uh, Keith Mitchell this week. Go and Larry Fitzgerald's swing is, is really good. Like I sat and watched him hit balls for a little while. But to, to answer the question is, it's going to be such a weird week. And like, look, LA, all of the signature events are just going to be different because of the limited field status and, and sort of as we make this adjustment to this new reality. This one probably is going to hit harder than the rest of them because of the reasons we talked about yesterday and what I just brought up that this is you've taken a known commodity you've taken something that has decades and decades of success behind it for reasons other than what you would normally expect at a pga tour event now you're essentially plopping the best field you've ever had into the middle of this and you'd like to think it only makes it better i don't know though like i'll be curious on sunday or whenever this tournament finishes if you and i come away with the opinion that yeah they made a good thing better i'd like to think so but i'm not sure I mean, when you when you said that forecast, I, all I can think of it's my favorite uh, GIF. I use it uh, constantly, probably uh, at least once a day. It's the Elmo Fire GIF, like oh, uh, like just chaos. It's it's Armageddon. Like I absolutely love it. However, this particular week, 
that forecast is just about the worst possible scenario. The PJ Tour desperately needs a star-studded showcase where you have the best players playing one of the most recognizable uh, golf courses in the world. The week that you just announced this uh, $3 billion deal with the Strategic Sports Group, the exact same week that Live Golf is starting its season as well. They really desperately need a Rory, Scotty, Spieth, JT showdown to, to basically just flex the muscle of the PJ Tour and to have conditions that could be uh, so dastardly uh, is certainly uh, going to increase the probability that we do not get that, that the year of the long shot continues. It's great for stories. Look, Nick Dunlap was a phenomenal story, a bit of an anomaly, but a phenomenal story. Uh, Matthew Bavon last week at Torrey Pines was interesting in its own way. Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray, interested in its own way. But this is supposed to be the 80 best players the PJ Tour can offer. If you do not get that on set on Sunday, if you don't get that, if the tournament spills uh, into Monday, I, I don't think that's great. I, I think, I think honestly, Rex, you could make the argument that this week's tournament at Pebble Beach could be the peak of the regular PJ Tour season. Like this is this is the best tournament that the PJ Tour could offer. Uh, I'm just hoping, uh, as a fan of the sport and as someone who covers it, uh, we get a leaderboard and an event that is is worthy of that descriptor. Way to not be a prisoner of the moment. I appreciate that. To your point, though, and I think Jordan Spieth brought this up in an interview last week the way he did. It, it's a crucial year for the PGA Tour for all the reasons that we've sort of laid out. This week would be a crucial week. I agree with you 100%. I don't know about the peak of the regular season. I think there's a lot of things on the horizon that, that could easily. It's probably the third most famous golf course in the world behind St. Andrews and Augusta National. I mean, it's it's well, somewhere and, it's somewhere in the top three. And you, in, if if this if this tournament has struggled to attract the stars, we have not had this many great players on Pebble Beach since the 2019 U.S. Open. Like it's it's time to flex your muscle. This is this is the week to do it. It's essentially a U.S. Open type event in February. Like that's that's phenomenal for the PJ Tour. Well, and you're assuming, and I don't know if this is a safe assumption because you pointed out there's a lot of people in this world that love that 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 emoji, or I'm sorry, that gif of the 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 flaming Elmo. Like I I think there's a lot of people who love the chaos. Yes, you should have that as your as your icon, but right behind you during the podcast because I can imagine a scenario where if we're able to play on Sunday through that carnage, that that would actually probably get people to tune oh, in in and of phenomenal. itself. Regardless of who is in the lead, like it could be Grayson Murray again, for lack of a better example. But if it's blowing 60 miles an hour and somehow they're able to play on Pebble Beach, what they cannot play on Pebble Beach, 60. But people love to see car crashes. And that's essentially what it would end up being. Yes, I'm with you 100%. This is a very important week for all the reasons we pointed out. And you just announced a deal with SSG. Like you you need to come out the other side of this looking a little bit better than we're going to have a Monday finish and it's going to be Nick Taylor. Who wins? No, no disrespect. I like you a lot, sorry. but you get what I'm Shots, what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus, why Nick Taylor catching a stray there? I, I just think that calling it like we're so early in the season, it, it's quit being a prisoner at the moment. Just stop it. It could potentially be the peak of the PJ Tour oh, season. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Uh, uh, it. Got it. Uh, Rex, uh, fervent uh, followers of the podcast will remember that when you and I played Pebble Beach uh, last summer uh, during one of the all-time boondoggles with the LACC Pebble doubleheader. It was what 50 degrees as a high temperature, probably feels like a 40. It actually was blowing 38 miles an hour when I began my round uh, on the seventh hole 
with our shotgun start. Hit seven iron. Hit seven iron into the seventh hole. Uh, I would actually anticipate if this wind keeps up in this direction, uh, you could see some uh, goofy club selections as well from the PGA Tour players. It's going to be phenomenal viewing. Uh, I just do hope that they can get it in without too many delays. All right. Uh, Media Center this week, uh, apropos of nothing, Media Center this week is right of the third fairway. And as I was standing, it's a it's big windows. Like, it's a beautiful Media Center. You have, oh, you, oh yeah, it, it's very, very nice. And as I'm standing there the, yesterday morning and I was talking with some of our colleagues, I'm looking around and Doug Furs and the AP writer finally goes, what are you looking for? And I go, I think this is where I hit my tee shot last year during Media Day. I was this far right. <laughs> this shot looks familiar. 220 from the rough? Yes, please. That's I played favorite. phenomenal that day. I was basically floating around the clubhouse afterward after shooting my 78. I don't think I've played as well since. Uh, I'm starting to think that it was a bit of a aberration, but it should be great viewing. I hope you have a, a dry week. I just bought some Gore-Tex shoes. Unfortunately, I'm not sure that you have them on hand with you. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast with Rex and Lav. You guys know the drill. Make sure you go to NBCSports.com slash golf the entire rest of the week to read all of Rex's news, notes, columns, features, anything else that he whips up from the week. As we talked about last week on the podcast, we'll be doing our records on Sunday evening following the conclusion of the final round. Maybe on Monday. We'll have to see what happens with the weather forecast, but we'll with you for a recap. It should be a lively podcast. All right. But I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you go to the website for anything that we are unclear on. Should be a busy week. Talk to you guys in a couple days. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.